Ivan, welcome. <laughs> Thanks, man. I'm <laughs> glad to be here. Uh, I through the conversation, we'll figure out who you are a little bit. I, I'm uh, I'm I'm kind of curious about this bus. <laughs> it is definitely a pretty big bus. Um, which it's going to go across. It's going to be driven across the country, right? Last of the range days is. Um, is are you yeah, going to Florida? Going all the way across. So, um, yeah, from coast to coast, ending up over in Florida, down kind of by Lakeland. Okay. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know anything uh, other than Miami I'll, or Tampa. Yeah, so. I mean, I I don't either, but <laughs> okay. it's outside of Tampa, so okay, there we go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, and the, the idea, like when I was up in, uh, in Coeur d'Alene, um, and we met, and you mentioned this idea, like it's a cross-country tour. We're going to do these range days where people get to, you know, they buy a ticket, yeah. which buys some ammunition, I'm guessing. Or uh, is that on top of? Yeah, so the way it works is people get a, they buy a ticket, and then with that, they have basically a, like, $15 ammo voucher. Okay. And then they buy pretty much whatever mm. ammo they want to shoot. And I mean... So that'll get them like 15 rounds of 300 blackout. <laughs> basically, yeah. No. I mean, it... Yeah, I... Ammo is the limitation, but also if it was just like, hey, shoot whatever you want, like tickets would be like oh, thousands of dollars no, too. No, no kidding. So, and, and you'd have to stop after two range days because... Yeah, no, and I mean, be... the, the big thing is too is like it's a fam fire, like... A chance like familiarization fire okay. like a chance to put hands on and shoot stuff you've never shot before like really cool guns silencers all that stuff so yeah and i mean to that end yeah it's not a spindex it's like not running like bill drills or like one to five drills or anything sure. like that so it's like oh cool like yeah i'm gonna go put five rounds through this and see how it does and then go turn that one in and grab yeah. some, is the p7 uh yeah, P seven's out there. Right. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and and a number of other things. I mean, the, the I kind of marvelled at that um, that five seven that you were shooting on the second day of the course with Ian. Um, up, up the, like, what a remarkable piece of technology. That one, that one's a lot of fun. I will say it didn't make it on the trip. Okay. Reason being is like that ammo was already like scarce to begin with. Oh yeah. And then, yeah, even more so right now. Which is, so clearly, um, there's some stuff going on in the world. There are um, some things. That is motivating people to, uh, and, espe and especially like new people not as in children, but um, to purchase firearms and ammunition. Like, do they, I guess they might think that law enforcement is going to go away in its entirety without funding and, and it'll just be lawlessness in the streets or some crazy yeah, I don't, I think, nightmare thing. I think a lot of it just recently has been, it's kind of put things in perspective. Mm -hmm. And 
it's one of those where like people's paradigm of like how the world works breaks down and it becomes a pretty big deal. I mean, it was like September 11th for that matter. I mean, while the people that were actually like killed and directly affected, like numbers wise, like that was relatively small. But if at a certain point in your life, you realize that you are potentially vulnerable to something and whether you like to appreciate it or not, like, yes, you can get in a car accident with a gravel truck, like you will die like that very real. And so at a certain point, you just need to compartmentalize that stuff and be like, cool, like I get it. I'm going to go drive down the road. Like I'll roll the dice on it. Yeah. But when something big happens and introduces a variable that That you have no experience with, no experience with, and puts it in your face, like this is very real. Then at that point, like you kind of have to shift like how you think and view things. And I, and I kind of, it kind of makes me wonder a little bit. Like I, uh, I remember myself as a new shooter. Um, I wasn't automatically capable. No. Like buying it didn't make me able to use it. It was very strange. I, I, (laughs) there's a huge, yeah, I think Hollywood has done a lot of people (laughs) injustice with that. It's like, oh, like, so I get the gun and then good to go. Like, no, like that's actually like that's the easiest part in this entire thing. I mean, not at the moment because first you would have to find the, um, but, but yeah, it's true. And, and what somebody in the conversation before we started recording had said something about like buying your way out of a problem or something like, yeah. Our, Our mutual friend, Bill Rapier. It's like anytime you have an opportunity to upgrade either hardware or software, always go for the software upgrade. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because if you've been around, um, when I was in here with Daryl the other day, and he was talking about this uh, this guy John Helms, who I guess is a sort of LAPD uh, legend, um, sort of from back in the day, and his his old, obviously he's super capable of, you know, with a firearm. He's like, look, I need to be able to see the sights. Uh, it needs to, and it needs to be boringly reliable. And there was a third thing that I can't remember, but he was just like, I don't care what it is. If it fits these three criteria, I'm fine. Like it, 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 it hits where it's pointed. I can see the sights and it always goes bang. Yes. And so it, and that's true in any kind of sport. Like I, the guys that I know who are really capable skiers, you put anything on their feet and they're still a really capable skier. It doesn't fucking, the tool doesn't matter because the software has been changed. I would play with that sometimes when I was competing in the tactical games. Like okay. I'd roll out there with like a M16 E1 retro clone from Brownells and like a single stack, like 1911 and canvas web gear nice. and go compete. Cause one, it's a game and I was just having fun. Yeah. But also, like, I think I still beat, like, at least half the field in the elites. And it's like, guys, like, don't obsess about do you have the right gun? Like, one, just go and have fun because, like, half the name is literally games. Yeah. And two, like, yeah. (laughs) Half of it. But the other half is LARPer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Um, uh, I, I mean, and I say that jokingly because I have participated, not in the tactical, but I did shoot three gun for a little bit. And, um, yeah, and you're always obsessing about like, oh, do I have the right? Th- no, yeah, I need like, like what's a longer mag tube. Yeah, 
is my mag tube longer than the barrel on my shotgun? Like that, that's, you know, when you've passed into LARPing territory at that point or something. Anyway, I, 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 um, I think that's a, a, a really important thing. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go have fun here. I'm going to use. And then it also kind of gives you a historical perspective on, oh, there were guys in jungles with this exact setup. And um, a friend of mine who was uh, worked for one of those government agencies and um, on a, his last, it was the last trip over, but uh, he'd go maybe with another guy and they would find some local folks and they would make a little group together. Uh, his last one, he was sending me pictures of, you know, the stuff that he was taking this time because what he had realized was like, Oh, I'm going to interface with local guys. I, if I show up with, you know, a $20,000 cry outfit, you know, of stuff, I've already created a gulf between us. Just my wardrobe, my presence, the you know the, the the technical and the you know nature of my gear, the quality of my gear, the fact that I look like a fucking spaceman, and so he just said, yeah, I found all this old surplus stuff um, from sort of Vietnam era, and that's what I took over there, and he sent me a couple pictures from over there. I'm like, okay, the the, the firearm definitely looks space force, but everything else was like canvas and sun bleached and all you know and just fucked up and it's like this is you know this is what i'm doing and i have almost instantaneous rapport with guys who are running the same kind of thing who you know live in the desert absolutely that's fucking smart as yeah oh yeah yeah i i uh um so it was uh I did mention this, and I guess I got it wrong. There was um, the 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 to, to yeet or not to yeet episode um, that we posted fairly recently. Uh, Ian uh, corrected me because I, I knew that you had gone to a a course of some kind. Um, I didn't realize it was one of his, uh, and showed up with um, a high point. I did uh, high point C nine, which. Um, and 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 uh, during that that yeet episode, uh, Josh Tyler, who was in here with us, said, "I think they were there was a petition being you know circulating to you know to to get High Point to oh, name the, yeah the entire to, internet like pulled together for that one to to get it renamed the Yeet Cannon, which is he speculated he he mentioned that was a possibility, and I was going through the edit of that podcast. I'm like, I had to look this up, and I'm like, oh my god, there it is! So I took a screenshot of it and uh, sent it to Josh, and he goes this is proof that there is a God (laughs) kind of laughing. And I mentioned something about um, multiple malfunctions, which I don't know if that was actually true or if I kind of made that up for based on whatever stereotype I have about high point, you know, uh, that one, it actually worked like really well, largely for that course, like, okay. Ergonomics, not there. Like if you ride the slide at all, which is really easy, like, it won't go like it won't lock back on okay like your last round like i think i i think it locked back on the empty mag like once that entire day <laughs> but uh. uh no like it uh it works and i actually love high point as a company okay because they just they embrace it and they're just like hey like yeah like we're we're right here with you like having fun like joking around but at the end of the day they're also like and you know what else we're doing like 
we're making a gun that literally anyone can afford to defend themselves if need be. And right there is here in America. A, yeah, a, a powerful message. Yeah, I mean that that people should should hear. I just I just loved it when whenever I heard that because it it said it told me a lot about your temperament in a way that's just like oh I'm gonna go have I'm gonna go have fun and and I'm not going to this course to like have it be a miniature competition with like show how good I am to these other people I'm like I'm here to learn I want to you know I want to try stuff yeah I had actually I was just coming off uh I think my first I might have been integrated combatives course okay with Bill Rapier yeah and so that entire course not only was it a high point out of like a horrible like soft-sided like nylon holster that I was carrying appendix but like everything was one hand to draw from concealment and just like getting reps in like an uncle Mike's kind yeah, of a thing. something, along something, those something like that that didn't stay like open a, when a, you like a terrible yeah a terrible holster that wouldn't stay open and it's such a good holster you could just flip a clip around to make it right or left-handed oh so nice yeah. uh, one of the good ones yeah they say. 15 bucks on Amazon <laughs> brand new mm-hmm I um. It seems like there's a pretty good. I, I don't know if when you pulled the the uh, the bus in, you saw. Um, th- this thing that kind of started with Sean coming down, um, for the symposium at the end of May, and he drove his FGA down, and I had oh. already been looking a little bit, and then, you know, I saw his, and we had the whole discussion about diesel conversions, and you know that kind of thing, and and. Uh, and then I never pulled the trigger. I just wasn't ready, wasn't ready, wasn't ready. And then uh, last symposium, our friend Berkey flew out from Michigan, a friend of his uh, who, who had moved out here from there. She picked him up at the airport. She came to drop him off in that black FJ that's sitting out there right now. Nice. And um, I, I saw it and I'm like, hey, is this yours? And Alex, she says, yeah, yeah. And I said, do you want to sell it? And she said, no, no, I really love this car. I'm like, man, she, and cause she like rhino lined the, the top so it's, kind of black instead of white she used tool coat or tool dip or whatever on every other silver part so it's just completely blacked out that car illegal tint wonderful vehicle um and then two weeks after or three weeks after that symposium i get a note from berkey saying hey are you were you serious about buying alex's fj and i was just like oh this is well i've wanted one but i didn't I kind of wanted to know if it was going to be used. I kind of wanted to know the history. Yeah. You know, the pedigree in a sense. Yeah. Like did someone use this and garage it or did someone like Dukes a hazard this thing? Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, I said, hell yeah. He sent me your contact info. She and I started talking. I'm like, um, she drove it by the building. I said, what's your high number? What's your low number? She told me, I'm like split it right in the middle brought her a check and now i don't know i sent a picture of it to sean and i was that's awesome yeah. he, was, he, he wanted to trade he goes man you got the total murdered out fj yeah Why, do you want my silver one <laughs> i and sean's fj is pretty sweet like the way it's set up too yeah my, that is not it will be set up better his um, is now set up for self-recovery after a unsuccessful trip towards Strawberry Mountain. Where, oh. Yeah. <laughs> where he had to call for where, some... No, we eventually got out, but it was okay. like, oh, yeah, like I have 
all this recovery gear, like high lift jack and stuff like that, which like, I don't even know why they sell them the way they sell them. Like it, it'll have like half of the stuff you need to actually recover yourself from like a bad spot. And so it's like, Oh, like this is a learning experience. Yeah. I thought I had everything I needed, but apparently a shovel and a couple of little plates and a jack that I, that actually makes a hole in the ground instead of lifting the car up. Yeah. (laughs) It is a, his is set up really good for recovery now, which is good. I mean, learning experiences are the ones where you're like, Hmm, all right. I'm going to shore up some things. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's a, as firearms are, if you decide to go down the sort of off road road or whatever, the off road trail, um, it's deep and expensive and absolutely. I, I, I'm looking at it. I'm like, I need to draw a line somewhere so that I don't go. And it's also one of those two, which, same with firearms like we're we're talking about vehicles now and we're just talking about firearms yeah. to include the like c9 or the yeet cannon when that comes out still hasn't actually came out been released oh, okay. yet but um the same thing can be said for it is not so many things are more capable than people give them credit for i mean like when I went down to race the Baja 1000 the first time Toyota Tercel wagon like 1987 no and kidding. I will say I did not win, and I ended up not finishing a couple races. But okay. Also, I don't I don't remember if I told you the story, but I ended up actually sportsman truck driver of the year. You told me that part, but I yeah. was not. Um, but it, and it's one of those things that I I don't follow there, but I know that obviously you have different categories. You know, the the most important probably being two wheels or four. Um, but then within the four wheel category, I'm guessing that there are everything like you have trophy trucks and then you have like class one, which are like buggies and stuff like that. Okay. So things like specifically designed for that. Yes. To include, like, I want to say they used to anyway, I think have a class that was like literally like stock VW bugs. Okay. And, uh, so they're yeah. just a bunch of unrecovered stock VW bugs, like dead Probably. out in the middle of the. I mean, I remember, <laughs> I remember driving along the course and passing probably like a hundred thousand dollar truck, just like burning to the ground. Like the drivers are just standing next to it, like, uh. and I'm like, I got Metro Cell, I can't give you a ride. I'm did out you, of seats. Yeah, I'm out of seats. Did you, um, did you put a lift on it or anything, or did you like roll up <laughs> stock? I mean. <laughs> Uh, so the extent of like modifications were like bigger tires than needed to go on than like you could put on it. So we ended up like pounding out inside the wheel wells and like cutting out some stuff. So okay. we'd have clearance for it. Yeah. Some like really good tires, like BFG all trains. Okay. Yeah. And then, um, we changed the oil. And I think we either blew out the air filter or we might have put a new air filter in, but that was was about the extent. No shit. (laughs) Because of, because of like the, um, the actual like technical inspection too. We also had like a fuel cell that we put on there and then electric fuel pump, which it did not have. Okay. Just because that was required like a fuel cell. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, it's funny because Sean and I were talking about FJs and he said, yeah, an old mentor of mine, you know, when you start talking about trucks or, you know, SUVs or whatever, and you're like going to get the rad thing and you're going to do all the stuff to it. And, you know, and he goes, and he said, one of my mentors uh, one time did say to me, 
that there's really nothing that no problem that can't be solved with a Crown Vic or a Jeep Cherokee. And you know, Something it's hard for that. hard to argue. I mean, I like uh, right now driving around in a white Crown Vic, maybe not the best. Right. Um you know, especially in a larger city or whatever, uh, uh, maybe, maybe not the best choice of vehicle because it might attract some attention from, by you know, from people who like to see how those, you know, how much heat they can produce, yes. I guess, or whatever. But, um, but it 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 is really true. And I, a really good friend from back in the climbing days, he was he was kind of renowned in the climbing community for um, overdriving his rental vehicles. All right. Um, and uh, a, a, another, you know, another guy with whom I don't know too many people uh, in my life. He might be the only other one um, who has walked away from like a triple rollover. But he's uh, he, he used to, you know, he's a sales rep. So, he'd, you know, fly places and run a car and, you know, do the whatever. He wasn't living in the territory that he was servicing um, or he'd go on these climbing trips and, and stuff. And he, he sort of really liked driving cars you know, nice. beyond what they were, um, the contract said they should be used right. for. <laughs> That's how my last, uh, my last foray, the last time I raced the Baja 1000, I say last, the second time. Okay. So and after that, two times total, two times total. And then a couple other races like throughout 2003 and then 2003 or four, I don't remember somewhere in there. But then, yeah, the last the last time I raced the Baja One Thousand, which I guess was two thousand three, is when I that last time I raced it, and it ended going end over end. Oh, yeah, my, yeah. <laughs> it was I forget. It was an old Blazer, and so like I'm K five or something like a pretty short wheelbase vehicle. Oh yeah, yeah. And so I guess one of the one of the Achilles heels to those things is the steering box. And so you have all this torque going into it and it has a tendency to actually rip away from like the frame essentially. So the common solution is to plate it. And so you have a metal plate and it basically just reinforces that. Okay. And so we had done that and then we'd also, I forget the name for it, but basically like welded these pieces of like flat pieces of metal kind of contour at the right shape and then another piece of metal on the axles so that when you come down you won't hopefully break the axles okay and so we're racing through the Baja 1000 and yeah like just beating this thing up and even though we had plated it sure enough like eventually the steering box starts to like rip out from the frame and like I was in junior college at the time, like with my team was made up a bunch of random people. I'm like, Hey, you guys want to go down and do this to include like our chase crew and everything like that. Awesome. And so, uh, our chase crew, like pit crew or whatever. I mean, they can only access so many places and it's like, okay, sure. like we're going to try and make it here. And so we're driving down and this thing's getting beat up and we're still like quite a ways from where we're going to actually meet up with these guys and it's like okay like something is wrong like my steering is really messed up and so we pull into these pits and it was it was a group of bunch of locals and stuff like that that were pitting for someone else okay down there in ba and it was like hey this is what we got going and i like i will never forget it so one guy is there takes this 
like wire feed, like MIG welder. And like the steering box is like cast iron or something like that. Like you can't like really weld it. And so this other guy is like pouring fuel into this generator while another guy is like manually like working the throttle to keep this generator running, to keep this wire feed welder running. And he's like just like throwing sacrificial metal into it like like feeding uh feeding like allen wrenches and stuff like into this like trying to like fill this void and uh like weld it up and we got back on the course and it's like all right let's do this thing (laughs) (laughs) it worked for a while okay and then eventually like it got dark and we're cruising along we had just refueled and cruising along this like dirt road like it was actually on like a dirt road and there's like i don't know if there was cattle or whatever but like old like wooden fence posts barbed wire fence like lining the roads so we're cruising along probably like 60 and it just i'm driving and and there's like no window there's no windshield and there's also no top because we had like cut it out but it's caged and okay. we just put netting cuz you had to per the safety regulation stuff (laughs) so netting across the top and on our windows too and so driving along at night like again the windshield like 60 and like like, just kind of start like floating like side to side and like i start putting input in the steering uh, and like all the input i'm putting in like nothing's happening and so i'm like oh man and like i start drifting it's just like bop 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 like knocking over these fence, fence posts, this, this poor farmer oh out there. And then sure enough, so as we're drifting into this guy's field at like 60 miles an hour, all the steering that I had been trying to put in to get us back on the road, like yeah, all of a sudden it went in. Oh, and so t- the front tires just basically turned like 90 degrees, caught, and we went end over end, like into this field, just like boom, boom. And of course it's netting over the top of yeah. the roll cage, right? So- we're going down in this, what's the word, like friable soil. And okay. so it's picking up all this dirt as it goes over the top. And then when it comes back over, it's dumping, <laughs> dumping it all back in there. And we land right side up. And it's just like, okay. And I... I we, Everyone alive? Right? Like, <laughs> I mean... I actually have video from it because randomly I had duct taped this like Sony handy cam to the roll cage. And I'm like, Oh, like I'll just let it run for however long it runs. And so I actually have video of it. And we, like, we land right side up and, uh, and my a driver's just like, Oh my God. And I'm like, are you all right? He's like, yeah, yeah. Are you? I'm like, yeah, I'm good too. Let's do this thing. And like, I start it back up and drive back onto the course and then run right into this guy's fence again because the wheels were now like oh, stuck. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, well, I guess the race is over now. <laughs> like the entire axle had like shifted back on one or both of the leaf springs like okay, to where yeah. it was at this horrible angle and we were done at that point. We had to call it the crew. Whoa. Yeah. 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 And you, at least you were like on a road where they could maybe come access. Yeah. Unfortunately, it was close enough that, because I think we had like old school, like walkie talkies or something. And I feel like we hadn't gone far in, I don't even, maybe we had, I doubt we even had cell phones down there then. Like, 
And if you did, there was maybe not service yeah. for them. <laughs> we must have. We must have still had walkie talkies, and I guess yeah, we got a hold of them before we had like had too much distance there. And they came down, and we basically just camped out that night. And next morning, had to basically like smash that axle forward some but then the caster and cambers like completely off and we didn't tow the vehicle down there so it had to get driven all the way back <laughs> no windshield <laughs> all the way back home which was like central coast of california at the time so san luis obispo from yeah like part way down baja all right the, <laughs> And <laughs> because the caster and camber was so off, like you had to like death grip, death grip the steering wheel because any input at all would like transfer down to the vehicle. Holy shit. Should have just lit it on fire and walked away. But yeah, whatever. Yeah. Call the insurance company. Hey, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. The windshield broke <laughs> and then the vehicle caught fire. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> oh, we actually smashed the windshield out the morning of the race. Cause we're just, it was already cracked and we're like, Oh man, this is terrible. And we, yeah, it was another poor choice, but it was a learning experience. Yeah. <laughs> Those kind of things. I don't know the way that you describe, like I always, I always imagined it was like the hundred thousand, you know, what's it? It's like a quarter million dollars to like get the vehicle and the people and the organization of all to do one of those races. But you just totally just like made that whatever my stereotype or my idea of it um, wrong. Yeah. No, I mean it, uh, which is super cool. It was fun. And I think, I think a lot of people have that in mind. And so they're like, no, like I'm not going to do that. And I think I actually still have it probably in a box somewhere. But I remember I was actually in the Marine Corps. This was like 98, I guess it was 99. No, it was 2000. Okay. Um, <laughs> it had to have been in there because uh, like somewhere 99, 2000, I feel like I was still down in uh, Guantanamo Bay, Cuba like my first duty station down there. And so I had to been like beginning of there. And my mom had sent me some ran, I want to say it was like men's health magazine and how they always have like, or not men's health Maxim, I think oh. <laughs> one, one of those magazines from like back then, okay. like those iconic magazines. Yeah. And it had an article on the Baja 2000 because for the year 2000, they actually did a 2000 mile race rather than the 1000 mile so race. Like out and back or? Yeah, all the do way it? down and back. I want to oh, say, like, geez. yeah, to Cobble and back. And so, like, that seed just got planted. And I was like, I want to do that sometime. And there are times in my life where I'm like, as a statement, I'm going to go do that. And then I just sorted out from there and I was like, okay, cool. Like I'm going to do this. And there's so many things where like, it's a perceived barrier for entry. Like, yeah, there is a cost. Yeah. There is a barrier for entry, but you like, you gotta have a vehicle. Yeah. Like, and you could also just do it really cheap. Like we had this old Tercel wagon and like we ended up getting and talking to these people and be like, Hey, can we use your like tube bender? And so once we got our uh, steel, we went and bent up our roll cage and yeah. yeah, like made it. And you just, yeah, you just make things happen. happen. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, so at that point, 
Um, so let's see, you were a Marine for a certain amount. Of, well, I know you're always a Marine, but, um, <laughs> but with that branch of service for, yeah, so I was, yeah, I went into the Marine Corps in 98 and then I got out, uh, in like Benny in 98, got out beginning of Oh two, like for a little over four years, I think okay. I ended up needing to deploy or I'm sorry, extend for a month to go on deployment. And then as it turned out, like September 11th, 2001, well, like while we were on deployment, we just finished a bunch of training in Australia and stuff like that. And so, yeah, we, we ended up going over, we were the first conventional troops over in Afghanistan and, uh, we went to Pakistan first then Afghanistan then finally made our way back. And, uh, then yeah, when I got out, I'm like, I'm going to go to Europe. And so went over to Europe for a couple months and just like cruised around and played around, ended up running with the bulls in Pamplona because I was oh, visiting okay. a friend. And that's probably one of those other things that was in Maxim magazine that you're just like, maybe <laughs> right? I want to put that on the list. <laughs> well, I mean, and I was over visiting this friend who was an exchange student that stayed with my parents and uh, he lived in Barcelona. And so I'm like, oh, I'm going to be in Europe. So I ended up over there in Barcelona. And it's like, oh, yeah, like the San Fermin Festival is happening right now. And it's like, oh, well, I could just, I guess, get on a bus and go over there. What a, and and that, so I did that. And I was there for like 24 hours and like didn't sleep and then just got back on the bus and rode back to, uh, <laughs> rode back to uh, Barcelona and had an epic time. It's an, um, that city's fucking amazing incredible i've been i've been a couple of times yeah three different times um you know first two times were related to climbing um and not going climbing you know rock climbing there but for the first time was like there was a uh an ice climbing festival a bit further north um but the rope company that i was sponsored by was roca um one of the oldest sort of companies i think um, was there and I went went down toured their little thing and then we drove up and did the ice festival and uh, saw a couple of pretty cool presentations and then the next time I went back same kind of thing except this time I was talking to you know I don't know some giant Spanish Alpine Club meeting or something and it was uh, and then the last time I was there like in October of 2016 I actually went down and spent a little time with uh, Chris Sharma and he has a an amazing rock gym there and training facility super cool i i mean i just it felt like the uh the first time i went i was i was super into the um i got to see one of the illegal catalonian human tower building things it's part right. of some little festival i think and i was just like man i i I got this thing for um, people who want to sort of preserve their culture and separate from a larger, like a really it, it, rich culture there too. Like, yeah, and I, I just, uh, yeah, I thought that place was pretty amazing, and I hope it, it would be neat if one day they. I realize now I think it might be a semi-autonomous region or something, but each time that they petition or have a vote or try to I feel like succeed. they like slowly make some incremental progress with that. I, it feels like it. Yeah, a little bit yeah. at a time. But you went, um, It's I find it kind of interesting that you were 
uh, you were in the service when 9-11 happened and that you got out so soon because a lot of people were like rushing to join or the guys were like, fuck, finally, I don't get, to, I don't have to do another cruise where I'm just on the boat the whole fucking time, you know, or whatever. Um, but you did go back. I didn't end up going back. Yeah, no. So I, I mean, there's a reason a fairly small amount of people actually retire out of like our military branch, any branch for that matter, like especially the Marine Corps. Like, yeah. oh, you have retention rates? Weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, like, I mean, it's just, yeah, dealing with stupidity like all the time. But like as a organization, like it absolutely, it does work. And yeah, no, I, I don't regret my time at all. Like, awesome time but after those four years and especially being in that transitionary period like going yeah. from peacetime to wartime super frustrating i mean being over in afghanistan and it's freezing cold like we were there we were there in the dead of like yeah for the entire month of december i want to say and we had like desert camis and like our socks and like a poly pro like top or something. Yeah. And then like later our cold weather issue is like, Oh, like here's some dive socks. Like, you know, those really thick oh, like wool yeah. socks. And it's like, we didn't shower for like 30 days straight and like your socks are just like melting. And, uh, no. And it, it was just one of those where it's like, guys, like I can get stuff I need delivered USPS faster than you can get this sorted out. Yeah. And I mean, even, even like the gun situation, like I had, I was a squad leader in the infantry okay. and my MOS was 0351 and I think assaultman scout swimmer and a boat company, all that, like who cares? Like surprise, like you're a squad leader cause we're having on NCOs and weapons company and we need squad leaders. I'm like, all right, cool. And so like, per TO, like what I'm supposed to have, I'm supposed to have like a 12 man squad, mm -hmm. three fire teams of the four. And with that, each fire team has like a M249 saw squad automatic weapon. Okay. And so, so one, I only had eight people, like at two <laughs> fire teams. And I had one working saw that would work intermittently, like no bluing left on it. Like, I mean, it's just like, it was it was pretty frustrating. I remember making a uh, making a nutsack for the saw. So mm -hmm. nutsack is basically like basically a small little drum. Usually it's made out of like canvas or something like okay. that. And so otherwise you have this giant clunky plastic, super loud. It always explodes and falls apart like a two hundred round plastic drum, which okay. that's heavy to carry around yeah. on patrol and stuff like that. So I ended up making one of those because we couldn't get them. So there I am making this out of literally like duct tape and like MRE cardboard boxes and then just taking the top of the actual like plastic one and like getting it taped on there too. So it affix on there and I'm like, cool, there you go, Saw Gunner. Have at it. Have at it. And and that would hold? It would hold like 50 rounds. 50, like, okay. And then after that like if you burn through those 50 then yeah you probably need to throw that 200 round drum on there yeah but i mean i i only say it to illustrate like just ridiculous logistical problems and 
Yeah, by the time by the time my time was up there, I was like, no, I'm burned out. I'd Sorry, like a guys. shower. Actually, right? that'd be yeah. that'd be good. Um, yeah. I, I don't need one every day, but uh, it, it, that's uh, yeah. It took a, I, I guess that might be like trickle down economics. It probably took a, a while to get to the infantry level because everything was being put into special operations. It uh, was up front. Well, and part of it was. I mean, people just didn't really know what was going on. Oh, I mean, yeah. we... And they also, been, someone back here thought it was hot in the desert in yes. December. Yeah. And we'd <laughs> been, I mean, we had literally been training. For, you're always training for the last war. Like, yeah. we'd been training to, to, like, go fight Russia, like, full scale with, yeah, armored tanks moving and whatever, all these different things. And it's like, that's that's not this. That's, yeah. Yeah, that is not this. Um, and so, but when you went back, you went back into it's the Air Force. Is I did. Right? Okay. Yeah. So I basically. And just thinking that they might have a, like, be a little more squirrely you know or something. It's or one what of those was it? How did that happen? Like, you know, is the grass really greener? And it's like, mm, it's just different grass. It's okay. still grass. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I definitely got in trouble there coming over, like, as a Marine into that culture. But, uh, and that was relatively, I mean, uh, so there was, there was broken time. So I guess I got out in about two years, I guess I got okay. out, went to Europe for a while, played around, like going to junior college, doing some off-road racing. And I was like, ah, eh, I'll go back in. And yeah, I actually, I went back in for combat control, okay. which super long like two-year pipeline oh yeah and about six years into it i was down at air traffic control school and yeah long story short ended up with a herniated disc and it was like well we can either like put you through surgery and then you can just hang out for however long it takes for you to get better or we can like reassign you to something else and kind of already had a bad taste in my mouth because hanging out is basically <laughs> me being in charge of like children yeah because people coming into the program are coming straight out of like the air force boot camp summer camp like whatever it is like six weeks or something like that okay and then they're like hey like sir and loomis like or whatever loomis <laughs> need you to go ahead and like you're in charge of these people because like you have rank and it's like, okay, so I'm in charge, but I have no means of like enforcing anything. Like I've, I've already been counseled for snatching some of these kids up. And so <laughs> like, there's no recourse from like, you're not even giving me tools, man. Yeah. So I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And so I ended up just getting reclassed. I ended up, uh, got surgery. Fortunately that went good and, uh, yeah, healed up. And then ended up doing basically communication stuff for the rest of my tour and wasn't really what I would have chosen. But at the same time, I met some awesome people and like people make it. So, yeah, it's true. It It is. The right people can change uh, just about every circumstance. Absolutely. Yeah. And. uh So did the whole, um, was the tail end of that coincident with the start of like, was, was it there 
or was it later work d- during which you the, the 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 idea for the kit badger sort of oh yeah so p- that was project i uh, guess way later so okay. i yeah i ended up getting back out of the air force i think in like 2008 okay and oh. Yeah. Then I'm like, well, what should I do? I'm like, I should obviously just collect my GI Bill and hang out for a little while in junior college. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I ended up doing that. And um, there I ended up actually meeting uh, my, what would at that point be my future ex-wife. Okay. I don't know how it's yeah. worded. Yeah, I, I'd... And yeah, <laughs> no, right. ended up, uh, and then from there immediately, I guess, yeah, ended up going in law enforcement for a short period of time. And so while that was happening too, in like parallel, I had a, I had a clearance somewhere back there sitting on someone's desk. And so I was in law enforcement, like as a police officer and, and the office of personnel management (laughs) realized, wow, this guy still has a clearance. And well, so what had happened is I, I was in, yeah, still police officer Right at the time, the city I was working for was like, hey, just so you know, like, we've horribly, the city has horribly managed their money, and everyone's <laughs> going to get a pink slip. Like, we've never laid anyone off, but everyone will get a pink slip. But historically, we've never laid anyone off. And so right at that time, they're like, hey, your TSSCI came back. Um, here's a slot. Do you want to come over for vetting? And... So my first son had just been born and in my paternity leave, like month long or whatever, this like week or week and a half long vetting, like happened to fall in that date. So my son was born, I was home for, with him for like a week or two. And then I ended up going back East, went through this vetting, passed all my quals and then came back and it was like, well, so I could either like go into this unknown right here that you're promising me where I will get a pink slip or I can go over here. And I ended up bowing out and I went and started doing, yeah, security contracting. And I did that for like six years at that point, I guess. Oh man. Yeah. And so it was, it was in there that I ended up actually like kind of started to formulate the idea of like kit badger and uh wanting to do that and uh well yeah it was actually so one of my very best friends russ bear we had cafe 107 we okay it it was (laughs) it was room 107 okay and every morning he would make coffee and then every like afternoon i'd always make us or maybe I made coffee and he made smoothies. I don't remember. Either way, there's coffee in the morning, smoothies in the afternoon. And there's people there's people in your life that you can actually spend like a lot of time with. And there are other people where it's like, you know what? Like I can enjoy your company for a little, a bit, little of time. bit of time. Yeah. And so he and I, there's probably no one else in the world I could have done this with, but he and I were on the same deployment for about a hundred days, sharing this room on the same shift. Like we spent a lot of time around each other, but it was really fun at the same time. Like he's one of those people you could constantly you could. bounce ideas off of. And 
it was like a little uh like what do they call those like little startup like think tank things sure yeah and yeah like we'd constantly go through and be like hey what about this like he was working on his project uh, readiness deals basically this online store that sell like dry food dry food storage okay. or long-term storage dry food man stuff if, he, like that. if he did that and it lasted through uh, at least until march of 2020 He's probably doing all right. All right. You know, or he's super frustrated because they're sold out of everything. And he can't. Yeah. It's the latter <laughs> of the two. Okay. And like he was working on that. I was working on projects and we'd just be like, hey, what about this? Wouldn't this be cool? And so we ended up coming up with the idea of Kit Basher. And I mean, largely what it kind of is today. So he ended up, he ended up going to film school. Oh. And so he was really into video. And I had already made a couple like videos at that like. Is that what you were like when you were in junior college? You were sort of in the in, in that cha- like pipeline channel, whatever of, uh, of creative. Because because you did show me a couple of yeah. Uh, so it's uh, funny that you asked that. <laughs> so in here we are in the circle of trust with however many listeners there are. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> so actually, I was we a five. Di- we got five listeners. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> so no, I when I first started, you have to declare a major and. Okay. I'm like, well, if I need to declare a major so I can get my dollars, like, let's declare a major, fashion design major. Oh, yes. It was awesome. Nice. Because there were pretty much nothing but, like, hotties in all my classes. Uh, oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I get why you're doing it, like, collect the GI Bill and hang out at junior college. Yeah. I saw through that. <laughs> and then I think eventually I might have changed it to, like, automotive technology or something like that, uh, okay. which is obviously a natural progression from fashion from design fashion, from, to auto Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But, um, <laughs> no, like, I had already done some video stuff. And uh, so talking about the Baja 1000, I actually made – during that, I basically made a like documentary of like getting ready for and racing the first time I went to go race, mm-hmm. and it was pretty fun. But so both of us appreciate video, so we're like, man, you know, it'd be really cool is if there was like a really well done, like arguably like overproduced, like well shot, essentially videos, like video reviews and stuff like that. I mean, most of the stuff you have someone's beige carpet in the background yeah and it's like dude nobody cares about your carpet man. or or the fake wood paneling that or someone's gadsden flag behind them in the garage or whatever and yeah. i mean yeah cool like you're making content like good for you like yeah. someone's probably watching it that's awesome but i was like you know what it'd be really cool if yeah just film cool stuff in cool places and stuff along those lines and so he ended up actually buying the domain kibadger.com okay so I was like, oh, sweet, they have it. And so we bought it. And then <laughs> they have it. It's available. <laughs> right. <It's> like, yeah. <laughs> and that was, I don't know when that was, like 2014 or something like okay. that. And then fast forward, I think about two years. And I'm on like the cusp of like getting divorced in part because of like secured being gone so much and oh, everything yeah. like that. And I mean, there's a million other factors that absolutely like I own as far as me not being a per me not being the version of myself that I should have been or wanted to be for, really. for that particular situation yeah, yeah. at that point yeah. in time in my life and I was like okay well huh and as it kind of and also I was getting burnout on security contract and I was just like well so 
we're still in Afghanistan. Like, um, not not really sure why. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I knew why I was there because I was making money and I needed to make money. But it was like I was I was burned out on that whole thing. And I mean, to this day, we're still in Afghanistan. But yeah, story for another time. <laughs> and uh, like what it came down to, though, is I was like, OK, well, I don't really want to be doing this. Like I'm like I'm not passionate. This is n- even though people treat it as a career like that's not a career. Like no. that's a stepping stone. And most people, instead of stepping off of it, like they just fall over when they step on that stepping stone and they get stuck in a rut and like never recover from that. And so best thing to ever happen would be largely my hand being forced to get out of that line of work. And in doing so, I was like, well, exiting without a plan. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, what now? <laughs> yeah. And since I'm exiting without a plan, I was like, well, if I'm going to just go be poor, like I'm going to be poor doing stuff I love doing. And so I was like, I'm going to do this and see what happens. And it's been, I mean, I, I, uh, when we met, I didn't realize the sort of depth of the content on the channel. Like, it's not like this started three months ago and, you know, it's a thing. Like, and, and, and the other part that I appreciate is, I mean, I was actually watching one of the uh, videos the other night. I was, you know, because I did a little... You know, uh, law folding stock installation. Guess, <laughs> guess who comes up? I think I don't think you were may, may have been the first um, sort of video, but it might have been the second one. But it might have been first also. I don't know. It's like ah, pretty great. Like, oh, watch Ivan teach me how to do this thing. And I was like laughing. At, you know, you're snow. out in the fucking snow <laughs> and doing this. And um, and, uh, and uh, there's so yeah, there's so much fucking material there. I and and I yeah no I've been I've been just grinding it out and I really have I at first I was like I want to do like five videos a week and then I'm like okay that's unsustainable yeah (laughs) and so but I have been doing about three videos a week for the last like a little over four years now I guess and so there's there's a lot of videos out there for sure and and it seems like you've developed really healthy relationships with you know I, I would say commercial partners or whatever but but people in the the the, the industry it I think so like, like I've I've one I've gotten like some really good friendships and stuff in the industry which is cool but then also it's one of those where I think on a certain level I became a known like quantity yeah to where people reach out and they'll be like hey like can you do some content on X, Y, or Z? Because yeah, I've been like just grinding it out in, mm. but it's also been, it's also been consistent. Cause I feel like I probably had this talk with my buddy Russ back in the day too, about you'll have people with personas and which it's great, but Usually, it's not great for longevity. Exactly, it's it's a it's a it, it's something that I ran into certainly in the military training. Is just like okay, these are, the, you know, uh, this is all personality based. If my personality resonates with this particular CO, skipper, whatever, then we're going to work together. And if it doesn't, or th- then we're not. You know, like it it or it'll last as long as that guy gets pr- until a particular individual gets promoted out or whatever. Um, it seems that. Uh, 
but there's also a time and a place contextually for a certain temperamental shtick, if you right. will. Um, and if you can kind of neutralize that in some way, that's where the longevity comes from because the time and the place for uh, one sort of temperament or personality or idea or whatever, uh, I, I don't know necessarily what the longevity is, but I'd say five years probably, you know, or depending on the, you know, the, the, the cycle, but certain, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I could name a few names of like, yeah, I came and went. Yeah, you know, no, like, for sure. Not, and I mean, cause it's like, if you're trying to do something or portray something like that's work, like yeah, capital W versus like rolling out and it's like, oh, cool. Like, hey, this is me. Like, this is what we're going to talk about today. And like, you get what you get. And then yeah. people are like, are you on drugs? Like, why are you talking so slow? I was like, sorry, man. <laughs> like, just... I got one speed. It's me. It, yeah. So there's that. Yeah. And, and it's, and, and it, the more over the top you are, the shorter the longevity, <laughs> right? Like, and if you're, hey, this is just how I, I mean, I've gotten away with whatever I'm doing for so fucking long now. I don't even know, like, but it's, it's just like, oh, the climbing community got tired of me. Then I started, you know, doing work or like being in this other communities. And now I don't even know well, what it is, but it's funny, like it's, in kind of that space too, especially with like, guns like tactical whatever like people get really people have this people have this like perception yeah and it's like no like actually i don't need sleeve tats like it's optional also don't need a beard yeah like, don't have to do it yeah and and like and that any any form of costuming like that is um it's going to reinforce accessibility for a certain demographic and it's going to completely make you inaccessible to other demographics and the more in, you know unique interesting you know whatever again you're like okay i reduce the longevity and i reduce the exposure you know potential exposure and if even if what i am the knowledge that i'm broadcasting um transmitting whatever uh even if it's valuable people you know the messenger matters it does and i it's interesting though because like in that community and i feel like it's arguably unique to like the firearms like gun community but like people forget that you can also have fun like that's okay um i would have to say that you probably need to include the fitness community under that same <laughs> right. like easily easily yeah because everything is brutal it's so hard and yeah if i'm trying to make myself harder to kill you know by doing this these workouts i'm like eh, okay right yeah, it'll be a covid death when it happens so it doesn't <laughs> right. matter anyway gravel truck yeah exactly but he yeah. had covid when he got hit so it's covid death there you go or, yeah. or, or something I, I, I find the the neutrality of a lot of the, of the of your personality let's say and the, and just and and the videos themselves I'm like oh this is way easier I mean it's and it's not just because we got to know each other and we're sort of friends um but I've just, you know every now and then if I'm kind of trying to learn about something or find you know like okay I need to 
uh, yeah, got this. Well, I got a coupon for 50% off on this particular optic. Uh, am, uh, but this one is maybe better. And am I going to play that fucking dirtbag economics game again where I save money and get something that isn't useful? Or am I just going <laughs> to spend the money and get the thing? I know where to go to find that answer. Oh. And I appreciate that. No, thank you. I I appreciate that as well. It's it's interesting how many how many questions I field on DMs and stuff along those lines too. Like my like kind of three pillars to Kit Badger, like one hopefully be like informative, like information. And the other part of it too is to hopefully be entertaining on a certain level. Yeah. And then also hopefully be inspirational, like whether it's to hopefully get people go spend time out in the backcountry or on the range, like whatever it may be. But in the videos, like the way I try and present information is like experiential data that I've acquired. So, Hey, like we're going to talk about this. Like here's a potential need for this. Mm -hmm. Here is how I've used it. Yeah, this is what I like and don't like and how it's done for me in that specific use case. Here's where you can find it if you're interested in that. Like hopefully helping people to come to their own conclusion as far as like, okay, cool. Will that work for me? Like I'm, I'm going to use it the same way he's using it. And he brought this up. Like that makes sense. Maybe that's not the right fit or I've had people, <laughs> these gloves, like, not a fan of them, but I've done a review on these gloves and I'm okay. like, look, man, like right now it's cold. All I want to do is shove my hands in my pockets and I can't even do that because these are like egregiously big armored knuckles on these things. Yeah. And then someone in the comments is like, dude, I just picked up those gloves. Like they're awesome. Blah, blah. I'm like, obviously you're not somewhere cold where you just want to put your hands in your pockets sometimes. Yeah. And it's like, cool. Like, like he read into it what he needed to see yep. for his use case and like made a decision and he was happy about it. And I was like, cool. Like right on, man. I facilitated this. Yeah. No, like in that's, some way. And I was good success. And I mean, a lot of people sometimes though with DMS and stuff, it's like, what should I, what about this? And it's like, first of all, get away from the internet and what the internet says you should be doing and like, look at your use case yeah. and what you want to do. Yeah. And it's like mission drives the bus, man. Like, do you need something that goes to like 5,000 magnification first focal plane, blah, blah, blah. Or do you actually shoot at a 25-yard indoor range all the time? That's like, you do you, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess, uh, I, I mean, it is, I think it's true with, with a number of different in, industries or, or activities or, you know, whatever. Um, the, the potential for getting down rabbit holes so far that you can't remember like you can't get back yeah. and now you're down here looking at, you know, your $5,000 scope for the, you know, or, or, you know, whatever, whatever it is. I mean, it is, um, I think a lot of people just find it like overwhelming. Yeah. The no, amount paralyzed, of like trying to make a decision because there's so many options. And then if you start doing it like, okay, mission drives the bus. Well, what's my mission? Well, I don't know. 
you know, and if it's and if it's just go have fun shooting, well, I'm gonna I'm waiting for that yeet cannon to come out, and then I'm gonna go have some fun, you know, or whatever. But or it might, you know, if it, if it's that, but if it's just like, look, I live in a place where you know we've already had the you know the riots, and I know pretty I'm pretty sure that November is gonna get a little bit weird here, and and what is you know that? Why do I drive around with you know? my my car in the condition that it's in you know or and and, and it's it, it's super easy to imagine that aliens are going to land and i'm going to need a laser you know <laughs> or something but <laughs> yeah which like and and it's fun to think of you know to to like buy or maybe even in your you know <clears throat> garage shop make a laser or you know or whatever like there, there's uh, yeah that whole process it's you're learning something um experiencing something but it's kind of unrealistic like they're probably not going to land you know where you are no 100 percent. and are and people people just get stuck like down that rabbit hole so our mutual friend sean Mm -hmm. like i love him and on a certain level i'm incredibly jealous of him because he has a rifle and he has a pistol and like he has a respective optic on both of those. Yeah. And I guess technically he has two now because I think he finally got a 300 blackout. Okay. And so he had to actually make a new purchase of a new optic like to get that thing set up. Yeah. But like he's literally a practitioner. Yes. So rather than like, oh, well, I need to just collect these or blah, 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 whatever. Like he has tools that are specifically designed to take care of tasks and he's like okay like well what tasks do i need covered like okay cool like i need a pistol and i need a carbine yeah and he has those and he uses them and consequently like he's really good i mean not that he wouldn't be good with most things he picks up like he's a talented guy hands down but like he's really good with his rifle and his pistol because when he goes and shoots, he shoots it's all his rifle in. and his pistol. Yeah. And like, that's it. Like every time I go shoot, different trigger, different gun, different optic, different ammo, like everything. And it's an adventure and it's yeah. fun and I enjoy it. And like, I appreciate it. I have fun with it. It's great. But I do appreciate people like Sean that are like, "Oh, this is my pistol and this is my rifle," and 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 I I know the ins and outs of these yeah. two noses holds platforms. noses drops like all that stuff yeah. like their capabilities has like figured out the limit of his capability with the tools at hand and it's like cool like here I am yeah I I uh, yeah I fall into the trap or fell into the trap I mean I I I can't you know having become firearms aware uh i think the first time i shot any sort of firearm was 1995 there were certain political circumstances in that period so my whole introduction was covered by the high cap mag assault weapons ban like before it sunset in whatever year that was at 94 to 2004 or something I can't somewhere in there, something something like that, but everything was super expensive, you know, like whether like none of the, that stuff applied necessarily in the state of Utah or in Colorado. 
two places I lived in the in 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 that time. Um, but those circumstances affected availability, price, everything. Like like who knew that uh, you know an Armalite AR-10B or what you know like the the the, the guns that were being made in that time would have not now like the, the the two that I own uh one of which I'm trying to sell right now, but they're they're both um based on a certain magazine pattern which is not like you can't put a you know a Lancer 308 mag yeah. into one of these guns they ha- they are proprietary for whatever reason um but yeah I get with a certain template yes I can retrofit old M14 mags and I was like when we were looking at in the storage closet over there, I'm just like, yeah, I got a fucking dozen stock M14 mags from Vietnam, like from 1971 or yeah, whatever. Yeah, they were brought from. them at like a surplus store or something for like that. nothing, yeah. you know, and they're wrapped in this weird kind of, you know, oil soaked, you know, Cosmo paper or, or some stuff. Yeah. Um, but like my whole experience was affected by that. And, and now, and, and so the, on the run up to Y2K also, which, I was fully buying. I was just like, okay, it's going to, it's going to happen. It's going to finally happen. There's going to be just mayhem and fucking entropy and you know, all of it. And, uh, the number of platforms that I was trying to stay current on, like go back and forth between, you know, M4 AR 10 platform and my foul platforms, which I had because, you know, my my friend Kenneth Royce, a.k.a. Boston Tea Party, was just like, man, FAL mags, they're five bucks a piece. These guns run forever. Gets dirty. You got an adjustable gas system. It's, you know, it is one of the most reliable sort of battle rifles in a respectable, cal- you know, blah, blah, blah. So I fucking, like, went down that road. Like, all of the spare parts for everything yeah. because it wasn't going to be available ammunition for the next 10 years you know food laid in like the whole thing and then fucking 1201 surprise it's sur- not the end of the world god damn it the lights stayed on <laughs> you know like the, <laughs> the traffic lights are still work- working a friend of mine was just like man i think this is the most disappointing day of my life <laughs> And so then after realizing the error of those ways or whatever of trying to stay current on all the different platforms um, or shooting a competition, I'm just like, oh, I don't want to have an open gun, but I do want to have a 20 plus one cal, you know, 40 cal so I can make major. And so then I'm going, you know, down that road. And then eventually I just end up with a fucking single stack 45 or a single stack nine by 23, which is eventually what I ended up shooting and just like look iron sights i don't need a comp i don't need a fucking seymour red dot on the top of this thing and i like high cap like i don't want to go down that road but i was uh all that to say that yeah simplicity is not a bad thing no not at all man <laughs> and i mean and it all comes back to like software hardware i mean <sighs> But we're both kind of in the, well, I I guess by helping talk people through or guide people through their hardware decision chain, you are improving their software. Hopefully, because I mean, even just giving people like the cognitive, because people, someone asked me earlier today, I think like, hey, what optics should I I'm like, 
totally depends on your application. What do you need to see? Yeah, no. <laughs> and I mean, and like my thing is just like, hey, focus on the reticle. Like, do you like the reticle? Because if you don't like the reticle, like who cares what anyone says about how great that optic is if you don't like the reticle? Because yeah. that's there forever. And if you don't know how to use the reticle, it's worthless. Like, yeah. It doesn't really matter. But if you actually like the reticle and it works for the type of shooting that you do, like, perfect, man, like, go with it. Like, that's, that, that's like my canned answer for optics. Okay. And so going back to software hardware, like, hopefully in those conversations, like, it goes to the software side of, like, okay, like, just self-reflection. Like, yeah, what do I really need this for? Like, am I really going to be shooting this person at, like, 500 yards like when the city's burning it's like well you might have a hard time just IDing that person and making a good judgment call if that's actually a shoot threat at 500 yards and what yeah and what are the um and if they're 500 yards away uh not my problem not to mention are you even competent for that like that (laughs) there's a lot of like I need this in case of this and it's like well like you like also might just die of type two diabetes. So like, well, you certainly, and you don't look capable of walking 400 yards to get a little closer and you know, no, but I mean, and it's one of those where it's, you can't, you can't buy your way out of like anything really at the end of it. Yeah. And so no, like find what works for you at the time. And if you end up outgrowing that, like, improve upon it there or upgrade it there or your interest changes yeah to be able to like oh i want to shoot high power now yeah and then that's a different i mean people ask me about guns and it's like yeah you could get like a really really like air quotes nice gun yeah or you could get a like good gun that's relatively inexpensive and it will become clear to you at a later date what you actually want to upgrade yeah like like hearing the conversation back and forth between you and Erin who ju- just got her first bow and talking through that and and realizing like yeah get one and get started and that'll help like you're not gonna you know your first decision is not your final one ever no, no. nor is you know the first goal is never the final one it's always going to be this evolving thing and um and you know go with it and the have, journey, man. And have fun. Yes, have Do, fun be, with it. Doing it. You're going to spend a bunch of money, but, you know, yeah. uh, that's okay. Because it's, it's like, it, like you know, it's, it's something you're, you're, you're into. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah. And, I mean, I think at the end of it, too, like, if someone wants to buy anything, buy it, man. Like, yeah. if this makes zero sense for you on a practical level and you want it, buy it like if you can like if you can afford it it's not going to put you in a bad way like you don't need and going back to like talking about like cry multicam and larping and all that other stuff yeah like it's fun it's fun like that's why people do like (laughs) people show up to the tactical games because it's fun like a bunch of people in the military don't necessarily show up to those tactical games because you don't want to go do that on your time off exactly a lot of other people show up because yeah you get to go play dress up and have fun and stuff like that and that's 100 percent okay like people people get wrapped up in 
in when I talk about LARPing, like not in a negative sense, like just as a observation, like you are, if you go to the range and you put on a battle belt and cry like head to toe, yeah, like that's pretend unless you're in a very small select group of people where that's literally what you put on for work. Yeah. Like that's, that's different. Like that's, that's yeah, the delineation. Is, this right is there. recreation. It's one thing. Yeah. If it's work. It's another. Like go have yeah. fun because if you were a practitioner with respect to like violent self-defense and stuff like that, you'll eventually find your way more over into the domain of like someone like Bill Rapier where like everything's a one-handed draw from concealment because chances are you're in a bad spot and your other strong hand is busy dealing with that while you're trying to get your gun out. Yeah. Or you're holding a kid or you're holding your cell phone or whatever it may be. Like it's not as flashy on Instagram, like drawing out one-handed from concealment, but like on a practical level versus a, yeah, battle belt, open exposed holster, like, mag changes all that stuff like uh, it's fun it's yeah. super fun but like the practical side not there for most people I, I don't I when uh, we were with Ian um, in, in Coeur d'Alene at that I just I had so fucking much fun that weekend it was a blast um, and because I didn't have my you know my belt or whatever that like, okay, I saw, you know, he said, Hey, this is a class and everything is, you know, going to be done from concealment. And I'm like, okay, I'll show up like that. I don't know how I'm going to conceal this rifle, but you know, uh, I didn't know what day two was supposed to be about, but that first day for sure, uh, I'm doing it like this. And then the second day, well, all you can see is that and everything else is hidden. I'm like, well, this is, and it, and that whole shift in consciousness, uh, you know, occurred at a previous rune nation class in Colorado where on the carving day, a kid showed up with his rifle and, you know, spare mag in his back pocket and wearing a t-shirt. Yeah. Pocket reloads. Yeah. And, 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 and at the beginning I just thought, Oh, he's, he just, you know, clearly just doesn't have the same amount of money as these other people or what is this guy? Hipster? Exactly. (laughs) And then I realized, Oh, he works for specialty, which is one of the nice, you know, one of the big, nice, and large and important, you know, uh, firearm stores in the Springs. And, uh, so my really has access for sure. And afterwards talking to me, he goes, well, if I'm ever going to have to use my rifle in a situation sort of like that we're training to address right now in a defensive situation, I'm not putting on all this stuff. It's me getting, you know, out of the closet, grabbing the spare mag, put it in my pocket and, you know, doing whatever I need feel like I need to uh, do at the time. And I just went, uh, uh, I don't need all this stuff. <laughs> I mean, not but it's totally fun. like that, but no, 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 I understand but it's totally, completely, but it's totally fun. And now I've just been down the, the, the other way. Um, did both those days with Ian. Um, and then all three days with bill a couple of weeks later, um, which by the way, thank you for, sending me a note to let me know that those days were happening. No, uh, I, after talking I was, with you, I was like, oh man, this is coming up. I know I'm not going to be able to make it. It's not too far from Mark. Like he'd probably like to get there. Yeah. I mean, and I'm will, if I'm, I, I kind of put the limit on uh, earlier this year, like the limit was I'll drive 10 hours for good, for good class and good training. Um, and yeah, Boise's half that. So that was fine. 
And now I'm looking at some other stuff. I'm like, Albuquerque, fuck, I can get there in 10. You know, like, and so Ian's going to be down there in November. Yeah. Uh, and then the one in, uh, I, I kind of have the idea that it's going to be more of a force on force thing that he's doing up outside of Seattle. Yeah. And that's um, like 13, but I'm not opposed suddenly. I'm just like, that could be. I was thinking about dipping over for that one too. Okay. I think that'd be fun. We'll have to stay in touch because that'd be fun to yeah. link up over there. Yeah, that would be, I, I mean, if if you were going to go or, and, and maybe even if, um, oh man, now I'm totally, one, seven, six, one, six, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. whose name I, whose first name it just escapes me for some reason right now. Now, right now, like as I sat at, and cause I sat at your dining room table till three 30 in the morning. And, you know, I, know, I was like, I need to tap out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and if like, if a, a good group of people could assemble there, I'll drive. Absolutely. That would be super fun. But just, but just the, the, you know, the, the sort of shifts in consciousness of like, Oh, well it, I'm, I'm slowly understanding the mission and yeah, I'll go play every now and then. Cause you know, I, I, I like that. But then if the, the practical side is like, okay, how do I get this out of this bag? How do I do this? What happened? You know, all of these things that, yeah, no, like that pragmatic approach. And for anyone listening, like I think everything that moves the needle is a positive yes. like within within the like community like hands down like people that want to go shoot three gun people that just want to shoot like i say just shoot but people that want yeah. to shoot trap and ski like yep. any and everything that's awesome and i'll tell you right now like dress up is fun like that's why we have halloween and like everyone loves it yes like, it's and carnival really, and yes. you know every all of those yeah. things like no it's a lot of fun and all of those different disciplines all point back and there is like a value add in all of those like oh yeah all of it i mean like, just even the focus required to try and improve one's you know s skill with whatever tool absolutely like a friend here in town who just bought like a 28 inch i think a 28 inch barrel beretta over under shot and he's just like i think skeet is it's it's better than golf or different or whatever. Um, and, 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 and I understand from having, I went a couple of years, like that's long, seven years ago. Now um, I was in the UK on a movie job and a friend of mine who's uh, um, into pheasant hunting and he, you know, and it's, quite restricted and that sort of thing but he got permission from the guys who organized that you know he goes out a couple you know several t during the season he get, does as much as he can he said oh but we're going to be shooting at this particular place this day it's super beautiful the fields the rolling hills the da 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 and I'd never seen anything like that before and he said he got so he got permission for me to come out and take pictures and so I documented this whole day and it just it was I mean it's it's a little bit LARPy also um, because, but there's, but it's based on the tradition. Yeah. Like pageantry that, that goes with it. Like all of it. Yes. And the, and the dogs were fucking amazing. Yeah. And, like expensive dogs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
expensive and and train and and just and, and just to, to watch it play out the you know the group of people that are involved in sort of flushing all of the 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 game from the cover crops that have been planted specifically for the purpose where it's kind of sacrificial crops you're not necessarily getting you know and i don't know maybe it's i don't know exactly what all of them were but they're fields that are planted so that these birds will thrive and live there and reproduce and and then that they can like locate them in one place and drive them towards the hunters and you've got a line of guns and da 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 da. I mean it was fascinating to see there's a whole social part of it where you make different friends that you might have in other parts of your life there's the technical aspect of it the absolute focus the nervousness of like oh I want to and and I shot a pigeon pigeon you know a lot of pheasant but whatever it was flying overhead and like it was to me, it was fascinating. I'm just like, okay, this is part of, this is part of a culture that is interesting to me that has yeah. formed around these different tools that, you know, launch projectiles. No, absolutely. And there's so many like, there's so many little like, niche things out there too because people kind of in, like, air quotes like tactical community like. Do you realize how small of a community you are as far as gun owners go? Like you were a tiny little sliver. I mean, yeah. most people are out there like buying like a Ruger 30 odd six to go drop a deer. Yep. To fill the freezer. Yeah. Like, or they're going and buying, yeah, some Mossberg shotgun to go hunt birds with to fill the freezer and stuff like that. And there's just all these little rabbit holes as far as like, gun owners but i think every single one of those like no like they all move the needle and i think right now there's a lot of people that just came into the fold and that need to be welcomed yeah, in a way they really do man and they and, really do and and if someone has a you know an anti-firearms perspective they're just like oh my god now there's a million more or four million more or whatever um, you know, firearms owners who are definitely going to, you know, not all of them are going to vote for that, per, you know, yeah. whatever they perceive that to be, you know, the, the, the issue or, or whatever. But, um, but yeah, they, they exist in, in, uh, firearms are plentiful in our country. That's not going away. The culture of firearms ownership is not going to change. And if it's, uh, and, uh, and therefore, I think like being familiar, being like it's 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 part of us. And yeah. as much as it would be great if you know there was peace, love, and understanding, um, in, uh, there's a there's an a, there's a channel there on the TV that's not getting turned off. And well, I mean, it, to that end, it's like look. If we take all the guns away tomorrow, like chances are like you still maybe aren't on like the side of the fence that you want to be in. Yes. Like the mechanism of violence just changes. Like it didn't go away. Yeah. And you're probably in arguably a even worse place because now violence is predicated on your skill and ability and physical prowess, which might not be there as like yeah. a sandwich eating American. Yeah. <laughs> That's a... 16 inch hoagie eating American. Right. I think. Um, it, it, it's true. Like if you just, you know, having spent 
you know, I was full time in the UK for 14 months in 2015, 2016. The amount of knife crime in the in the you know urban areas, it's like that's where it went. Yeah. Okay. Well, so and 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 we we get uh, the interesting thing for me about that is like okay, the legislation, any kind of you know attempts at behavior modification, um, almost always address an inanimate object, not yes. the behavior itself. Um, and if you're just like, Hey, if you change the nature of man, then it doesn't matter. Like have anybody can have any tool that they want, but if fundamentally we are different, but if you start regulating the tools, we're just going to find different tools to the end. You brought it up and it made me think of it, but you were talking about how like, yeah, now there's even more guns and stuff like that. And something I think a lot of people don't really appreciate, but I actually did a video a while ago and I was talking about introducing children to firearms. Okay. Yeah. And cause your sons have been shooting since they were little, little. Yeah. yeah. They're really little. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like sitting there like, all right. And yeah, like my son, Ira, my youngest, like probably pulling the trigger with like two fingers. Like it was this little 22 that I had a silencer on and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, one of the things I bring up in that video though is I was like, Hey, like whatever your relationship is or is not with guns, that's fine. But the education piece that comes with yeah. learning how to like basically treat respect and like safely like interact with guns. Yeah. Like that's important when your kids go to someone else's house because like you only have so much control over where your child is for however long. And hopefully if you do a good job until they're 18 and they go off and do their own thing or whatever. Yeah. But even within that time, like you're not with them all the time. And so being able to like, no pun intended, but like arm them with the knowledge of like, Hey, like this is how we, like treat firearms with respect and this and that like it's a it's a it's a it's a life skill at the end of the day man yeah exactly or being you know you find yourself in a shop with a bunch of power tools you know there there are certain ways to interact with absolutely um and uh which is uh i I agree it's it, it is a life skill and because they are prevalent everywhere like the the worst you know thing in regardless of the situation, but you know, in all of human experience, the worst thing is ignorance and whatever we can do to combat that at whatever level, um, the healthier and safer and, you know, more promising, uh, you know, the, 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 the life will be for everyone. And yes, I think absolutely. Knowledge is the answer. And just like, Oh, I know that, um, you know, your boys are here and there's firearms around the building and yeah, whatever. But the other day, there were some kids here um, that people brought in for some social thing. And I'm just like, all right, everything's gets fucking locked down right now because I don't know. Unknown quantity. Yeah. No, for sure. And it's one of, like once you and no, that education is so huge. Like it really is. And also because what it does, too, is it gets away ideally with proper education, it gets rid of fear yeah, and it replaces that fear with respect. And you're like, okay, like this has the potential to be very dangerous. So I'm not going to be cavalier with it. Yeah. But I also know that like when in charge, be in charge, like 
if I'm going to pick that up, I'm going to pick it up like I own it because nothing's going to magically happen to make this go off unless it's manipulated in a way yeah. that's going to make it go off. Like dispel that fear and myth around it and get back to a place of like healthy respect. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, you learn pretty quick when you're young, you know, is there, hey, you're in the kitchen. There's knives everywhere. Don't pick this up by the blade. You know, there's a, you know, there's a, an appropriate place to grab this. Um, here's what happens when you do it wrong or. You no. And I mean, that, that information is obviously like, you don't worry about one, once kids are past a certain age, you don't worry about kids coming over and like, oh, like, let me put this knife away because you're probably going to cut yourself. Yeah. Unless it's like a toddler, like pulling things off a counter. But, or stick it in an electrical socket or yeah. something, you know. Like, but I mean, yeah. once you get to that, but at the same time, like, because it's for some people like this taboo thing, yeah. like it's firearms are treated like totally different. It's like, oh, if you look at that, like someone's going to die right now. Yeah. It's like, ah, that's not how this works. I, I remember at some point it was like you, you uh, a friend of ours who was not familiar and had a certain you know a particular vision that yeah you look at a firearm and it goes off or if it and, and it's like wait you sleep with that on the nightstand like what it could you know i'm i don't know if i'm comfortable with that it could fall off the nightstand and kill the dog and i was like I hope it passes the California drop test, you know, right. or whatever, or right. I don't care. No, there's no way that this, that that, that can happen. Yeah. Do you realize uh, how big of a liability that is for a company to have something that would be arguably that dangerous? Like, no, that's not how this works, man. Yeah. It it was kind of, and it was always a joke. Oh, the gun's going to fall off the table and kill the dog. <laughs> like, well, that's why the dog doesn't sleep in the bedroom anymore. I mean, I'm sorry. All right. It's, it's too like, dangerous. It's too dangerous in here. It's something in might here. something might happen. Um, yeah. The the relationship. I mean, it's in, it's interesting. I mean, I, I uh, to to watch people relate and and one of you know my favorite things um, about the whole uh, you know sort of the recent protest movement, let's say, is. You know, just watching, you know, you got the videos and people show up with, you know, firearms open carrying. Maybe they were protesting um, the fact they had to wear masks and they were walking into a political assembly. And, you know, people are all upset about that. And I'm like, well, that's kind of what this whole place is founded on. And right. I think that should be possible, you know, all the time. And should also politicians should understand that, like, these are your constituents and uh, they're here to express an opinion. Most of the time you can just ignore them because you're power hungry, stupid, you know, not stupid because you're clever enough to have gotten involved yeah. in the crafty pig trough. You're crafty. Um, uh, but and most of the time you can get, you know, ignore what your constituents want and just do what you want because there is no recourse. And then suddenly, you're isolated and you see, yeah, no recourse, like no repercussions. Yeah. Your, your bubble is your bubble. Um, but just to watch people um, relate to firearms. Not and not like okay, I'm watching the bystander, watching the guy who has the firearm, but like oh, that person's not that okay. You shouldn't be there because your trigger discipline is sucks, and you're flagging people all the time, or you're doing you know, um, behaving in a certain way that uh, that th th you shouldn't, and then you watch people and it's like oh, that, that guy's spent plenty of time, quite familiar with this. And competent, and therefore, and like I don't, 
you know, I don't mind anyone having firearms. I prefer they be competent, just like I prefer drivers to be competent. I am 100% or, with you. Like, because as soon as you tack on, like, well, you should be able to pass this. And it's like, hold on. So you're saying for someone to, like, literally have a fighting chance at defending their life, you're going to come up with this arbitrary standard? Because, like, I can show you people that regardless of where you are skill level, like we'll put you to shame. So are you sure we shouldn't be at this competency level? At which point, like we need to take yours away. And it's like, no, like there's no barrier for entry for like the ability to defend yourself, period. As far as I think. I do believe that is a, you know, God given universe given whatever higher power, you know, like, okay, we're born, you know, that's a human right, right there. And, and regardless of the tool that you need, you determine for yourself, that is appropriate to handle that situation. Um, and the, uh, and, and just, yeah, there shouldn't be a bear. And I get in, I used to get into these arguments more and I don't even bother arguing. I'm just like, Oh yeah, you have your opinion. I have mine. I'm not going to change yours. You're not going to change mine. Um, and I agree. The friend of mine said, yeah, your, your, uh, belief in this whole thing is bordering on religion. And I'm like, yep. And, you know, and it, because so it's not rational. I would, I, would <laughs> like, can, I would counter that, though, in that your opinion is actually an opinion, whereas where we run into problem is most people actually have beliefs. Because if I were to give you a, like, legitimate argument for something, okay, like if I had some magical argument where I was like, Hey, like guns are bad because of this. Yeah. You would be able to table things and think through that. Okay. Which is, I, I understand kind of a rare thing today, but (laughs) you would be able to think through it. And if I actually made an argument where I was like, Hey, listen, like if we logically go through this, like the outcome is this. And you'd be like, okay. I'm with you. Like, yeah, I, me, I you, follow. You've, you've defi- you, you have successfully argued that point. Yes, and but and you were therefore because of whatever condition I'm in, you were able to uh, help me arrive to a similar idea because yes. I didn't have a dogmatic sort of because you didn't have a belief. belief. Yeah. Whereas, regrettably, most people today, like I don't know, I think it's just intellectual laziness because if you actually think through things, then you no longer necessarily have, like you could still arrive at beliefs, but we'll save that for religion. Yeah. But usually you'll have thoughts because you will be able to articulate why you think something, i.e. your thoughts versus like people just believing things. And I think that's why we're at such an impasse too, with just communication with people and stuff like that. It's, it is, um, maddening at at, at this time that, that few are willing to have the conversation um, as opposed to saying, nope, that's not me. And therefore, you know, your opinion is not valid and you should be silenced, you know, in, in some way or, oh, you're, you believe this. And so you get, you know, this latitude or just ad hominem attacks too. Oh yeah. Uh, I, um, yeah, it's been, this, uh, we live, you know, we are enjoying the curse uh, that happens when people say, may you live in interesting times because I, for the life of me, didn't see, like I, I I'm was, you know, 
texting back and forth with a friend today because he like middle of the night last night he's like dude are you, i haven't heard from you in a while are you even alive and i wrote back you know ish um and i just said i've, I've completely lost um what faith i had in human nature it's hard man it's and, really uh, you know, the cover of our zine, you know, the raised zine, it's like a fist fight with human nature, but that's just not even enough. Anymore. Like it, it, and, and it was able, it was a long period of time where I could have my blinders were effective enough that I was aiming that concept at a pretty specific group, either fitness industry or whatever. Um, and, and now, uh, when I see people behave and it's captured, on video and it's blasted everywhere and it's instantaneously available. And I just, you know, hear like I watched something last night where, you know, some kind of protest started and there were, and it was in New York someplace and people were eating dinner. They were out having dinner, you know, supporting a local business that had finally been able to open, you know, you know, with some draconian sort of, you know, distancing regulations and this and that, but they're still trying, they're still, they're, they're trying to have a, 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 a an experience, you know, that was n- something that would have been more normal six months ago. Yeah, trying to live whatever, their life, trying to live a, a life, and then also, like I said, support the local business by by actually going there instead of getting takeout from the fast food place, which is where all the lines are right now because, you know, the, eating shitty food is super helpful. Um, and, and this protest kind of rolled along, and they just started smashing tables and like confronting people and telling them that hey, the fucking party's over, time to go home, trashing the restaurant and uh, like a couple of different restaurants, and it's like uh, I am com- like parties. What is, what is your message party, first of all? I guess party's over. Party's like, over. I guess like you're not protesting for this particular belief that we have. You're actually living life and having a nice time, and we're gonna come along and like end that. Yeah. And what you think, like, I'm suddenly going to go, oh, yeah, party's over and join your march and like try and figure out this belief system, you know, the system of beliefs and the long term outcome of it that you can't fucking explain yourself. You think I'm just going to hop on board with that shit? Fuck yourselves. Like beliefs I, I, and no thoughts. Yeah. And, and also no ability to sort of um, think through possible outcomes like short-sightedness. <laughs> yeah. It, one thing that I read, so I read an interview with, uh, I can't remember the name of the author, nor is it worthwhile trying to, but it was a, a, a NPR, NPR interview. I read the print version with a writer who wrote a book called, uh, I believe the title was In Defense of Looting. And I, I, you know, I'm like, okay, first of all, that's an interesting concept for a book, which I will never <laughs> read, but I'll be happy to read this interview because I don't yeah. think there is a defense. Um, but I, I will be happy to read this interview with this person. And one of the things was said, like the the the, the author actually, I believe, actually said, I'm going to paraphrase, but I, conceptually, this is not wrong. If only there was not, you know, a police force and an oppressive state, we could have things for free. And I was just like. Well, only as long as there are things. Like what? Because (laughs) sooner or later, you're going to need an an oppressive state to compel me to make things for you for free. Yeah. Right? Like Like, how is that? Where did all the 
Like, do we just take all the things and then we have them until they're all gone and then we take more? Like, but well, there are no more being made because nobody, <laughs> right? nobody is stupid enough to make things for free for freeloaders. No, that's not how this works. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, uh, it, it fucking blew. I just went like, I do not. I, I cannot wrap my head around this idea of where things come from. How and like, things. Here's the I've, thing, though. Like, you. Like, I would be fascinated to sit down with that person and be like, can you articulate that? Like, show me show me that train. Like, show me the logic. Like, let's play this out. Let, show me where that is in one year, two years, five years. Yeah, like, how, how does this work? Like, what's the longevity of your plan here? I would be fascinated. I would absolutely be fascinated. But it's one of those where, like, you and I would be open to that because it's like, I'm kind of like, if we can have everything for free, like, all right, like, how does this work? Yeah. And then it's like, oh, but it doesn't work. So no, let's not do that. Yeah. It doesn't work and it ends really fucking badly. Horribly. Historically <laughs> proven repeatedly. Yeah. yeah. No, I, talking about this stuff, I actually have a video somewhere on my site. Um, the title I want to say is How I Won the Internet and the Everlasting Gun Debate. And... <laughs> great title yeah but uh no so what it what actually had transpired that prompted that whole video was this interaction on instagram and someone there was a picture and it was of this girl and it was i forget i don't even remember the account that i had followed may still be following who knows but it was basically this guy had went and worked on this video shoot and there was this uh, girl kind of like kneeling down in the woods and she had like, I think woodland camo on and she had like a rifle. I think it was like just muzzle down, like kind of in her shoulder and someone had commented on there and it was, it was just some sort of like whatever derogatory comment. Cause obviously this person, since they were white and they had camouflage and they had a gun, like they're a supremacist and blah, like whatever it was. Like, oh yeah. If you're, they're you, evil, they're yeah. evil. So I, I ended up replying. Probably a militia member. Yeah. You know. And so I ended up yeah. replying <laughs> and I, I forget, like it started with kind of like a lighthearted jab. And I was like, you know what though? Like chances are at the end of the day, you probably have way more in common with that person than you'd like to, than you'd like to admit. And I started kind of like humanizing this person in that video. And one of the very few people on the internet came back and was like, you know what? Okay. And we actually had this like back and forth and big, big picture. They ended up actually deleting their comment and like DM me. And they were like, you know, what? like you're totally right. Like that. Cause I mean, you're seeing something like through whatever lens you're looking through. Yeah. And if you're unwilling to actually flesh out the details, then. Or you, look through another lens. Or look through another lens, period. Yeah. Then like you just might not get it. And, 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 and you will be stuck hand you know, absolutely in, in that one place with that one point of view for you know until yeah. you do zoom out or you do you know pick up someone else's camera and look through that lens no for sure and i mean to that end it's like i love logic because you kind of follow it through and things either work out or they don't and so like to that end though 
like being able to be open to ideas and stuff. And like sometimes you'll be like, whatever, with like a piece of gear or a technique or something, be like, this doesn't make any sense. And then you'll try it and you'll be like, okay, like as I was. Yep. Uh, (laughs) Consider myself schooled. Yeah. Yeah. I can't argue with that. Like, okay. Which is, I agree with you, that is sort of what is missing now. And it's just like, oh, louder means writer you know or more right or whatever and, and the rightest the, the most right exactly the, the rightest but without using the right in a way that hurts some people's feelings because yeah fuck your feelings because <laughs> fuck mine you know like what what am i wrong about and 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 you know and, and do i care to correct that i guess at a certain also. point like i'm a huge fan of individual liberty and freedom like massive fan of it yes in part for the express reason that i know i have ideas that aren't popular and i enjoy having those like ideas and like the part that's missing is the recognition that like hey like if you want to go and do you like without hurting you or other or i'm sorry without hurting other people and other people's things like you can go do that. Like it doesn't yeah. mean doesn't mean someone needs to cheer you on from the sidelines or it doesn't mean someone yeah. needs to condone it, but you can just go do it. But the other side is it means that as long as someone else isn't hurting people things stuff they like can that, go do their they thing. can go do their thing. Yeah. Like, and as long as them. you know the uh politically I don't know. I mean I I know pretty much where I am, but um it but uh, just like yeah i believe in total personal freedom and total personal responsibility and you know we're often disconnected these days yes and and that's the and it seems to be the hard part it's just like yeah the biggest problem is ignorance but you know who wants to you know how are people being educated are they are they seeking out that education on their own is there like a very rigid process within which you are going to get a particular education and not another different education you know however that happens and it really does seem that the the you know people are screaming about freedom when they don't know what it means um and completely uh ignoring if they ever knew the personal responsibility part existed in the first place did you ever uh I don't know if you saw it or not. I don't. I forget who exactly did it. Um, Ian is actually the one that sent it to me. Okay, and it's basically kind of this monologue, like this Northman's Credo or something along those lines. Okay, and it's beautifully done. Like goes over this like kind of almost like tundra area, like all in the winter and stuff like that. And it's kind of like just this like creed as far as like you will do this and you will do this and you will aspire to this and these different things. And one of the parts that is my favorite and stuck with me. And I think it's actually like kind of paraphrasing uh, some scripture out of the Bible actually, but basically talking about the idea of (laughs) don't, don't worry about like the splinter in your neighbor's eye, like take a look at the log in your own eye. And you see so many people out there and it's like, first of all, I think if you want to go protest, that's awesome. Absolutely. Do your thing. And especially do your thing if you have, like, if you're on a trajectory with a path for something that is going to make that worth it. Like, 
is the juice worth the squeeze to go get rid of three weeks of productive work where you could be bettering your station in life or something along those lines yeah to go out there and throw rocks like yeah i don't know maybe like whatever you do you but possibly i mean chances are if you like work on things much closer to home and yourself and you better yourself as a person as your station in life and all those other things you will eventually get to a place where you will be able to affect change in a much more positive way it's like the idea of being able to tell someone what they should be doing or do you want to go through the trouble of living your life in such a way that other people want to emulate you yeah actually demonstrating yes that yeah living that that should be whatever you think they should be doing or whatever you know uh, and I'm not going to impose it on anybody I don't care but I, I agree if it's like it's a different you know if somebody tells me it's completely different than if somebody lives it in front of me or they say this is possible and I'm like ah I don't think that's true for human beings so you can't actually do that and then they show me and then I go ah, I was wrong Surprise. and that's pretty cool four minute mile hmm. yeah oh goodness yeah it, well exactly four minute mile Everest without oxygen you know like all of these things that were not considered possible at some point that were later possible and and then just and suddenly when one person did it many 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 more became instantaneously capable of it and and those two things if we say the four minute mile and everest without oxygen um okay those are physical activities but the same goes for any kind of intellectual pursuit Absolutely. I'm sorry, you know, some of these math problems, I guess, weren't solvable at some point, and I'm speaking out of turn here. Um, but then, you know, a person did it. Yeah, a person sorted it out. Or, and and uh, I, I, a lot of times, I, you know, when I hear, like, you know, the vehemently anti kinds of statements about certain things, and I just have to, I'm just like, man, this doesn't feel. Like the way you're, you know, what you're saying and the way you are saying it seems really, really highly emotional or influenced by yeah. fear. And for me, a lot of times it comes down to like, what are you afraid of? Like, how is the, if those two men decide that they want to live their lives together and do so in a, you know, consensual relationship and and, yeah. and, and, and and a legal you know uh, uh, with all of the benefits that might come from a legal union like what which is a sidebar if we eliminated government from marriage we wouldn't even have to have the discussion good point but yes yeah and, and but I look at that and I'm just like okay so why are you against that what you know uh, what uh, you know what are you afraid of it's it's like the iceberg going to flip over, you know, the, of society no. going to flip over. Is it like going to be, you know, are the kids all going to grow up to be, you know, Satan worshipers or whatever it is? Like, it's, like, what is it? It's the same thing as like, we need to get these drugs off the street. And it's like, well, first of all, we can't keep drugs out of maximum security prisons. So, like, so good we'll, luck with that. We'll start with <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. And then on top of that, do we need to keep drugs out of the street or do we need to put onus on parents to, hopefully impart good decision-making skills on their children so they're equipped yeah. to deal with. And I say that, like, who knows? Like, my boys could take a path and go yeah. down whatever road they go down. And at that choice, at that point in time, like, 
that will have been their choice. Hopefully, I have and continue to reinforce Influence. good decision-making skills. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, is the onus, like, who's the onus for that stuff on? Like, yeah. and we go back to personal responsibility and the idea of freedom. Yep. And... <laughs> And I want more of both. <laughs> right. All of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's really close to two hours. Yeah. So um, range day across the, the cross-country road trip in the bus, which has a magical paint job, by the way. Um, it's pretty pretty cool. It's running good right now. I noticed it there is. was some. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's running good. Like it, it's going through a lot of fuel. Okay. But, uh, I can imagine. Yeah. Despite being diesel. Uh, yeah, I'm getting around like nine miles to the gallon, a little okay. over, which isn't bad. Okay. And then for one tank of gas, I was getting a little over seven, but I attribute that to a lot of not like just highway cruising, yeah. like up and over passes and stuff like that. Yeah. Once you get over the Rockies, it'll be, uh, it'll be less climbing. Let's Definitely. Say. <laughs> um, so Price Utah on Labor Day. Price Utah Labor Day. After that, um, there was going to be a stop in Texas, or I'm sorry, in Colorado. I'm glad there isn't because it just gives me some breathing room. Okay. And my cameraman HJ, who you met, yeah. he's actually going to fly home for about a week. Hopefully, do a little editing while he's home. But yeah. he's going home for his daughter's uh, birthday and stuff, and he's coming back. And then. We'll grind the rest of it out. I'll be over in uh, basically outside of Dallas-Fort Worth on the 14th of September. The next range day will be down by outside of Houston on the 16th. And then a couple days of travel, hopefully some fishing down in Pensacola. And then we'll be up in Huntsville, Alabama, Rocket City, USA for the 21st of September. And then making it way down to the finale down there in Lakeland, Florida at JTAC Ranch on the 25th of September. Nice. So it'll, it's an adventure, man. It's an adventure. I, it's, it makes me so happy that your two boys are with you. Like, I'm what so an, stoked. An incredible adventure for them. I will say, like, there are parts where I'm like, okay, I'm really glad you're here, but you are not like, when you're not like helping in a meaningful way <laughs> yeah. and you're just adding to a little bit of already stressful situation. But yeah. at the same time, like my boys are awesome. They're super sweet. And, uh, I'm so glad to have them. It's been a blast. And they're so, pol- they're, they're really polite. I mean, it was really nice that, um, Ira just like straight up introduced himself right away and feel like, Oh, we'll just have a conversation together like we're all adults you you could have had jada sitting here and this would go like four hours easy okay super engaged super yeah like they're awesome they're awesome little guys yeah um so when someone shows up that like uh, they said they're going to show up for that and and they'll um $15 $15 voucher to look at it, but, but it's mostly just exposure to like cool, yeah, like interesting stuff. A lot stuff. of really cool. So this, this there idea, honey badger? there is a honey badger and well, there's actually two. There's okay. the honey badger pistol with silencer on there. Okay. And then there's also honey badger SD. Okay. Which yeah, is I, I pretty don't... rad. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there's those like pretty much the entire lineup from Q to include their six, five Creedmoor fix. 
uh, mini and, fix and 300 blackout. And that 5.7 was from Q also? No, 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 or no? That, was, okay. that was something different. Okay. Um, I was shooting one of their cans on it at one point. Uh, okay, that was it. Um, and yeah. then, yeah, a bunch of, pretty much all their silencers I have out there as well. And then some cool stuff from Nobesky, like a Leonidas 12 and a half inch 308 pistol. Oh my. That thing's pretty rad. Like, <laughs> people have a lot of fun shooting that. Um, same with one of their like 16 inch recon five, five sixes. And then, uh, rifle 301 that was made by Matt Yore of Sawtooth Rifles. That thing's incredible. That's my son's rifle. Okay. And, uh, and that's here and you got the load dialed for it yeah. at this point. It'll, nice. well, yeah, we'll probably need a new barrel by the time we get to Florida, <laughs> but okay. a lot of people shooting it. Um, but then, yeah. And then kind of over on the pistol side or like yeah, sub gun side and stuff. Have a BRN 180 and 300 blackout. They're Gen 2 from Brownells. It's basically like an AR 18, which was okay. yeah. stoner designed a piston AR. Yeah. For, uh, yeah. So there's that. There's um, the SP5, which is kind of the like MP5 that they release, like semi auto version. Okay. That thing's pretty fun. It has a brace on it by SP Tactical, folding brace. Also have a silencer on that. Um, other oh, also have the TP9 by B and T with that silencer on there. Okay, really cool gun. Like it's a ton of fun to shoot. Probably like it is so, so much fun to shoot, and probably has like one of the worst triggers ever. Oh, it okay. just goes for days. You're like, yeah, oh, I yeah. feel like this would probably shoot by now, and oh, pull it yep. another half inch. <laughs> But, uh, and then some other really cool pistols and stuff too. Also to include, uh, Zev ended up sending out two like custom OZ nines. One of them is serial number SOC F009 and the other SOC F010. And so those are coming across too. And yeah, no, there's, there's a lot of cool guns out there. All right. Um, so kitbadger.com. Kitbadger.com. Kit underscore Badger is the IG handle. That is. I don't have a Facebook, so I don't know. I imagine it's. I, I think it's like Kit Badger Reviews. Or, I don't know. Okay. And then you, and then, um, uh, and if people weren't, they, they, you can find the YouTube. I found the YouTube channel somehow. Probably. If I mean, you just, just search type, like Kit Badger. It'll probably come up. It'll yeah. sh- come up videos probably before even the website comes up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause I think I found my way to it without having yeah. found the actual website. Um, I'm so stoked you you stopped in. I'm incredibly uh, grateful to be here, man. It's good to see you. It's really nice. Uh, yeah. And maybe, well, uh, I will see you on Monday for sure. I'll awesome. drive. I'll drive down in the morning. Also, I gotta um, get a little babysitter for uh, Selena. I'll have to hand Sparkle off, um, and so because she she's not yet firearms. She's no, been to the she's been to the that. range with me once. Um, she didn't totally appreciate it, but you should check I, out, uh, Ian's range dog sometime. Okay. Like full on little like earmuffs on it. She's like the most oh. awesome range dog. Oh, nice. It's pretty impressive. Nice. Uh, she'll come out there at like his local ranges and just like chill, walk back and forth. Little headset on. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Sparkle might be in your future. Mm-hmm. She's like, huh? If there's, she's like, I'll, I'll put up with all your shit if there's bacon <laughs> <laughs> all right well um thank you again and uh i i'm i, I just think this is a fucking great idea and hopefully um 
you know, all goes well. That you know, you don't run into an ammo. Uh, no, I'm shortage. I'm gonna make uh, it happen. Pick. Force of will. Yeah, perfect. Crossed. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, you show up. You leave with you know thousand rounds of three hundred eight. Come right. on. See who yeah. knew? Who knew? <laughs> I got, I knew that if I just held on to it, it would come in handy. You know, for it, somebody somewhere sometime. It is definitely coming in handy, and I'm grateful for that. Perfect. Um, thanks again, and uh, yeah, back on the bus. Back on the bus.